most people don't know what grief looks like in other people. They don't really know what it looks like in themselves. Right. And most people aren't equipped to help people grieve. Right. Uh, right. And we yes. want to talk about it because uh, we didn't, I think this last process of this last season that we came out of as a family, um, we were hit in the face with with the grief process, and we had to deal with it. So we just want to talk to you about it. We don't want to be anything doom and gloom or anything like that, but what we recognize through this process is that grief, there are some positive benefits to grief. Uh, it brought us to a place, uh, the conclusion to it for us was activation and action. Right, so it absolutely. doesn't have to be a process that brings you down necessarily. So we want to talk about it and what we what grief is, what grief may not be, what the process looks like, what it does not look like. And we're going to leave you with some resources also. They say a family that prays together stays together, but what if you can't even get your family together? We are the Sisters Collective. Three generations. Four sisters. Helping you navigate this crazy world. One family meeting at a time. This podcast is the intersection of education, sisterhood, and the ever-changing dynamics of family. We invite you to pull up a seat and join our family meeting. So who wants to start? Who wants to maybe talk about maybe the stages of grief? Or do we want to start with the definition of grief? What do we want to do? Um, the we definition. Can, let, yeah, let's yeah. do the definition of Okay, grief. cool. As educators, you know, we always want to say, we, what Listen, is we have to what leave you. What, is, what, what is does it, it mean? <laughs> we need to give some definitions. And just, if you guys don't know, most of us are in education around this table here and in some way, shape, or form. So the definition of grief, I looked it up on griefrecoverymethod.com. It will be in the show notes for you that want to... Um, I will leave the link to it in the show notes so you guys can directly look at it. But it says there, uh, since grief is such a wide topic that covers so many kinds of losses and almost and an almost infinite range of emotions, there isn't a single grief definition. Mm. So when we talk about the definition of grief, there is not one definition of grief. Which There's no interesting. way. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. interesting because you would think I should be able to just go to dictionary.com, which I do all the time, and just look up the word. There isn't one definition for grief. There's not one definition that covers all the, the entire scope of grief. Okay. Right. right. But there are three ways we use to help people understand what grief is and what it isn't. The most basic one is grief is the normal and natural emotional reaction to loss or change of any kind. Mm. Of itself, grief is neither a pathological condition nor a personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Okay? So okay. when you're grieving, that does not mean you have Something some kind of disorder. disorder. Right, grief right. is a natural and normal emotional reaction yes. to loss or change of any kind. So if we stop and just think about that particular definition, everybody is grieving something yeah. or has some grieved something. Because yeah. we've all experienced loss. Loss of a job, loss a of a car or yeah. relationship, some kind of tangible thing, thing yeah. some kind of physical thing. We've all experienced grief and loss of some kind. Absolutely. Another definition they say here is grief is the conflicting feelings caused by the end or a ch- or change caused by the end of or change in a familiar pattern of behavior. Mm. So when somebody's behavior changes oh. up on you or you, something oh, wow. that you're accustomed to doing, you can no longer do that thing anymore. You grieve that, because yeah. of yes. that change. 
And that's why when parents are getting divorced and kids are grieving because that whole life has changed for them. That That normality. Just seeing certain people on a day-to-day basis, that pattern has changed. Exactly. Yes, your brain. That's deep. And we could just stop and look at those. There's another one down here somewhere. It says here, grief is the feeling of reaching out for someone who's always been there only to discover when I need her or him one more time, she's or he's no longer there. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's associated, obviously, with death. Right. Okay. But well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. It could be a divorce. It could be a friendship. Ta-da. It could be a friendship. Ta-da. Any of that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Someone see, moved away. So grief, yeah. when you think about it in the totality of it, there's not a person around who hasn't grieved. Right. But I guarantee you, most of us didn't know we were grieving or didn't recognize grief in other people. And so when we look at the stages of grief, we might not even recognize that we were grieving. And one thing, we learn how, we are taught how to celebrate life. People are giving birth, like birthday celebrations and things Mm -hmm. of that nature. But Mm -hmm. we have not been taught how to to process Process loss. Yeah, and loss. Mm-hmm. And so that puts us in a pickle. When someone is is grieving, we sometimes shy away from them. Yes. Because we don't know what to say to them, or we say the absolute wrong thing. Right. And what position we're supposed to play in that person's life exactly during that process for them. exactly exactly. So, so that's t- very interesting. Okay. So we did look up the different stages. Of course, there's the traditional five. I did find um, on some resources that they did have extra stages in there two extra stages but i will let's focus on the the main five stages of grief um so stage one is denial denial is normally is a normal reaction to rationalize overwhelming emotion it is a defense mechanism that buffers the immediate shock of loss that right there I I don't know and we're going to individually discuss how we process did we go through all of these stages Mm mm-hmm We'll look and, at it. And, but we're gonna, we're, yeah, we're gonna dive into each of those stages. But let's just break down these really quick. Um, stage two was anger. As the numbing effects of the denial stage of grief begins to wear off, the pain of loss starts to firmly take hold as we search for blame, feel intense guilt, and lash out. Yeah. Stage three is bargaining. Bargaining is the what if stage of grief, and it serves as an important purpose. It provides temporary escape from pain, provides hope, and gives a person time to adjust to the reality of the situation. Ooh. Depression. Stage four is depression. This type of depression is not a sign of mental illness. It is the appropriate response to appropriate a great... Appropriate response. That's a keyword. Appropriate. <laughs> appropriate response to a great loss. You might experience intense sadness, decreased sleep, reduced appetite, and loss of motivation are common. My gosh. And stage five is acceptance. Acceptance refers to accepting the reality of a loss and the fact that nothing can change that reality. Ooh. This does not mean that the person is okay with the loss. Right. <laughs> Doesn't mean you're okay, but you have to you have to just deal with it. You have to you have to just deal with it at some point. Um, so, I, as I was going through these stages for myself, I realized that I don't know. I don't believe I went through all of these stages, and I also believe that I started this grief process before she passed away. Yep. Before she passed away, like I literally was um, going through, like, for instance, the 
I don't know if I went through denial and anger. Like, I'm not an angry person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that it was possible for it to happen, yes. for her to pass we away. We had accepted that, I think. We, yes. I think we had accepted that, especially when, you know, she came home. She made the decision. Once she said that, that was that was it for me. Key. Not yes. it. I, I still held out hope. I'm a believer. Right. I'm, a, right. I'm a woman of faith. So right. I already know... I, I subscribe to the fact that God heals. I right, know that. Absolutely. Um, but when she said she wanted to come home and I knew that at that point she wanted to be, I think she at that point was saying, all right, I've, that's, I've, I've had enough. I've, I fought up until that, hard I enough. Hadn't, right. I didn't, I felt like she was fighting. She was. I felt and like I she think even trying. after she that was. she was, but she at was. that point she was right, like, okay, she... let me just go home in case. It's right. interesting. Something you said that you said, I don't think I went through all of the stages. I actually had a chance to talk to a therapist mm-hmm. and, my therapist, the one that I used when I was going through this grief process, because unlike I, I didn't know that going through this kind of depression was normal. Mm. I thought something was wrong with me. Got you. Got OK, you. so it's interesting that you said that, because literally that was like a I thought I, I thought I was overall depressed. Like I had an overall condition of depression you and then realized that I was actually yeah, I did. Yeah. And then realized that I was actually going through depression associated with loss. Accord, mm. associated with death and one thing that she told me is that though though there are stages that you don't always go through those stages mm-hmm. and right, right. that the stages don't go in order they, can be right. of, yeah. they don't have to go in order Absolutely. so when, when she said that I was like a light bulb moment Eureka because I didn't go through all the stages and they didn't go in the order that yeah. they that people normally associate with them. So why don't we talk a little bit about which of these stages you actually did go through and if you did go through them in order, what was your grief process like? Absolutely. Anybody jump in? Absolutely. So for me, um I know I definitely had um the bargaining phase. I did mm. I did have a bargaining stage, but again, but again that was before before she passed away. That was me like, okay, like how are we going to handle this? How am I going to handle this? And I also went to a, a guidance counselor, a therapist. Um, guidance counselor. Guidance counselor. Guidance counselor. Teach 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 school, right? huh? Always <laughs> think of school. Teach his law. Guidance counselor. No. So I went to a therapist, and I've been to um, a therapist at different points in my life. But I was in therapy during the time before she passed away, but it just so happened that I was still in therapy when she did. And so I was talking to the therapist about the process as things were happening, as she was sick and as, uh, as it transfo- transpired, um, I was going through my mind and I was talking with her and I was just like, okay, this is how I'm feeling because this is happening. When she went in for surgery that last time and we all had to go to Georgia mm-hmm. to be by her side. I was like, okay, so this is that's. I think that's when the bargaining phase was there for me. And what do you mean when you bargain? What did you? What was? What were you bargaining? What did you say? I was. I was kind of in a. I was just in a stage of like, okay, weighing, weighing things, because that the bargaining is like that. What if? Like, what if this happens? What if that happens? And especially because of the way we realized the hospital system was. That's a whole other conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the hospital system was and how they their care for her. So I was very much like, what if we did not show up right now? Mm. And what if like Ooh. what if this would have been that? Well, we moment? know what would we know now what would have happened. What would have happened? Because that could have been the we moment know. then. We know because that was in October, November. It was October. October. We know October. what would have happened. Um, and so, for her to 
Yeah, I was just going to say, so just in, just in case you're just tuning in or if you didn't catch episode one, um, we are discussing grief and loss and um, we are four sisters. We had two losses within two within years, a year within and a half. one year, a year, a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Both of our June siblings. of 2017, 2016, we lost our brother, Eric. And then in December of 2017, mm-hmm. we lost our sister, Jamel. And I say I say their names because I want to make sure that right. that because it's reverence. just important that yeah. we reverence them and say yeah. their name. Eric Massey. Jamela LaShawn Johnson, we say your name. Right. Okay. And so we found out on the exact same day that both of them had cancer. They had two different types of cancer, but on that day we found out. Um, what type of cancer did Eric have? He had pancreatic. He had pancreatic, pancreatic cancer, cancer. And Jamela had breast cancer. And we know there are so many of you out there that are experiencing individuals or family members with cancer. So we are talking about this today. So right now we are talking about how, what did our grief process look like so what but what elizabeth <laughs> what did your grief process look like is that what you were about to say um no i was going back to the bargaining stage okay. when you started talking about mm-hmm. um the what ifs uh i think for me my what if was more what if i was more um what if we had been more attentive what if we had been you know, closer or, or what if I was, I, and I'm not sure if that's the bargaining or if that was another stage, but for me, what it looks like, I kind of, I wasn't ever angry. Um, I don't know if I was in denial. I kind of accepted that it was what it was. Um, but then again, part of denial is kind of pushing past it without sitting in it and I think mm. so so for a portion of the time I think I was in denial but that denial for me was like ignoring it kind of ignoring it just kind of moving forward quickly uh to and not get, dealing with and it. not necessarily dealing with it so for me mm. preached her eulogy on that Saturday and I went back to work on Monday mm. I think that was a little bit of denial I shouldn't have been back at work even though for who? some for some, they say, just keep on going. But no, we had actually experienced a loss, and it was actually okay if I didn't go back to people's school. Somebody could have taught those kids other mm-hmm. than me. Mm-hmm. It would have been okay. Absolutely. It would have been okay. I didn't owe them that. I did owe myself a chance to kind of sit for a moment, but I didn't. So that may have been a form of denial. And, and for some, for some, they say that that's not necessary. Mm-hmm. But I, in hindsight... Because of the emotional toll that it did take on me, Mm -hmm. for me it was necessary. Because what came for me for certain was the depression. Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize it as natural and normal. I thought it was just compounding factors added with other, you know, external things that were going on at the time and uh, own personal things that were going on that I thought it was just overall depression, not realizing that it was depression associated with this specific loss. Right, right. And that it is naturally normal. Right. Um, so to be able to add that label to it frees me up in a way that, honestly, I wasn't really considering. Um, so for me, I didn't go through all of them. I did go through, I think, a little bit of the um, the denial, then the depression, then the acceptance. Mm. And this, when the acceptance came, I was able to speak about it freely and, and get to the point that her loss was gain. Mm. Okay, her loss was gain. Time. And that's when 
the, where the acceptance portion for me came in. So I didn't go through all of the five steps or seven steps that they talk about necessarily. Um, but the grief, the, 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 the depression portion, had it not been for therapy, I probably would have stayed there much longer. I was able to mm. process through that and other things quicker. quicker. By having someone. To and mm-hmm. I guess for me, it was different for both when Eric and Jamela because I didn't take off from work. Um, I stayed at work the entire time. Um, But I guess through our teachings and my belief is that whatever is God's will, that's his will. And I just have to accept that. Death isn't always about his will. I know. But if it happens, then I accept it and I keep moving on. Whether it's his will or whatever it happens, it happens and I deal with it. So I had accepted that portion of it. And I just focused on, let me remember the times that we had. Let me remember the good times that we had. Yes, I would like more time, but I don't have that luxury. So I'm going to just accept it and and move on. Whether I needed to go back to work, but that's how I process. Because that's what makes me happy to go back to work and I can deal with, you know, the things that are at work. Um, But now I may come home and be upset and may cry. And, and think about it, but at the end of the day, I'm going to always focus on, okay, let me remember those times that we had. Now, I would love some more, but at this point, I'm not granted that time. So what, 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 what processes did you go through? Which of those steps do you know you experienced? I can say at a point, I, I, there were times, moments of depression mm. and... You could see it in different responses that I would have, like, what you crying? You know, why are you crying? Or, why can't, you know, so I could say I went through moments of depression. What do you um, mean when you would say, why are you crying? You're saying that to yourself. I'm saying that to myself. Oh. Yeah. I thought you were saying when people were saying so, to you. No, no, so, I'm saying to myself because I could literally just out of be sitting out of nowhere. I'm mm-hmm. sitting in the bed watching TV and I just break out crying because I'm thinking, like, they're truly gone so i would have to question then if you had just experienced loss after loss and you started crying and had to ask yourself why that you were not also experiencing denial Hmm. because if you just experienced two loss you should know why you understand there should be evident as to why so definitely although we all experience it differently the fact that you would cry and and have to ask why as if you hadn't just experienced two losses if there wasn't a portion of denial not denial i think she wasn't like she didn't allow herself to like grieve so i think when she was saying why are you crying like i should be okay with this i know that they passed away just based on what she's saying she's saying that i believe it if it's god's will it happened mm-hmm. but she was overwhelmed with emotion and so for me it not necessarily that it was denial it was almost like i should be okay like i i should be okay i know i had two losses but why am i not okay well, you see, like so that was part of that. That's, that can be part of the depression. Yeah, that's definitely because I I definitely had those moments too when I would just be out because I know I experienced that depression. I know I did, and I know that I had to talk about it even after while it happened. I talked to the the therapist about it, and then I was like, "So this is what I'm dealing with, and I am trying to process this in the best way I can." How am I supposed to process this? And I'm going to continue to play devil's advocate. Denial is a normal (laughs) reaction to rationalize overwhelming emotions. Okay. Right. I mean, why would you? Why would you tell yourself I should be okay? 
her emotions should two work. deaths yeah. let me let's say this you shouldn't it is okay to not be okay. we have been as women as black women mm-hmm. as women in general as leaders we have been taught and and kind of structured to think that it is not okay to not be okay and to not show those emotions right and i'm going to it's say like devil's advocate and yeah. say denial is a normal reaction to rationalize overwhelming emotions. It is normal to be in denial about (laughs) something, (laughs) you know? So I don't, when I say denial, that doesn't make you abnormal. It is normal to have gone through a period of denial about something like this. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay? And I think sometimes to say, oh, I didn't go through denial, I accepted it, makes you you normalize mm -hmm. it. It's okay to say, I, I I didn't feel like sitting in that. I felt like ignoring that for a minute because to acknowledge it would be more emotion that I ain't got time for. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Okay. That I, that I ain't got time for. Right. Yeah. That you got to keep pushing. Is yeah. denial, yeah. and it is okay. okay to have experienced it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and if you have it, one thing that we're able to say is we all experienced it a little bit differently, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Well, what else? What else? How did you experience it, Amanda? For me, it was just I would say that my experience would be similar to to Jen's that. I went back to work. Also, you said you went back to work. I went right back to work. Yeah, I went back. And I paid for that. I'll tell you about that experience in a minute. Right. Um, I went back to work and everyone kept saying, why are you here? And I was like, because as a counselor, you know, I'm surrounded by other counselors. They're like, are you okay? I was like, please stop asking me if I'm okay. I'm okay. And I'm like, hit my hand. on the, Like, I'm okay. Like, stop asking me if I'm okay. Uh, which probably was evident that I'm not okay. Right. But, <laughs> so for denial, me. Denial, denial, denial. <laughs> so like, I I needed for everyone to just operate in normalcy. Like, go back to your normal. Like, wow. I need you to not like, talk about it. I need like, She's good. Like I love her. Oh, I'm no. good. Like it's okay to ask me if I'm okay. Right. But but, um, it, but to keep just talking about like keep we have a job to do. Yeah, Let's and and I and it. I think part of it is we 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 really had dealt with it. We we wanted or we thought we were dealing with it by pushing. I think forward. for me, I wanted to get back to normal very fast. When you said yeah. that, I was like, woo! I really wanted to get back to normal. But what I realized from this death is that her death caused a new normal. Yes. And now it is unfortunately I look at things now as before her death and after her death. And that's might yeah. be weird for some. Yeah. No, that's but true. what were we? What were we before her death? What are we after this is post Yeah. Jamella. Us and, sitting here is post Jamella. Like right. we have always lived relatively close. We've always been relatively we've always been close. Yeah. Um, but, but I think have, this is this is in, in some ways bringing us closer because exactly. this mm-hmm. project would not probably have happened. As fast as it did, pushed, it would have pushed, pushed it back. We further. wouldn't have had the necessity. Yeah. Yeah. I can remember the night of finding out that Eric um, passed away, and I was on my way to meet some people, friends, for dinner. And I knew on the way, because I found out, got the call on the way, but I wasn't going to go back home. Mm. It was already done. I wasn't going back to the hospital at this point, so I went on to dinner. And we had dinner, we finished, and when I got in the car, is when I text them and let them know what happened. They were like, "Why did what? you? Why did you why did we even have dinner? Here yeah, and didn't even tell us because at that moment I don't need for you all to right, right. be a pity party and to be sad to or whatever. So to change the tone yeah. of the dinner, let's just have a good time. I did the eat, same thing, yeah. and we can move on. I did the same thing. I went to dinner that I. 
if you guys remember, once we put him in hospice, because he, he put me as executor mm-hmm. over his... Mm-hmm. Once, once I signed and put him in hospice, the day before when all the visitors were there, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. he was in alert and things like mm-hmm. that. Once we put him in hospice, things kind of went downhill. The next night, I stayed overnight because I made them wean him off the medication because they had put him in a medically that. induced comma, and right. I knew, that, I knew what, what they, they were doing, mm-hmm. and I wasn't going to let him go out like that. If he's going to go, let his, let his body go, but you're not going to push him there. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And stayed overnight with him, Got the next day and left to go to clients. Sabrina came in. Our cousin came in and she stayed with him. When I left, once I when I left, I went to my clients and I was going to come back. Before I could come back, she called and said, "He's going." We we're on the phone with him. I came back. I signed those papers. I went to dinner with some friends that night. I texted him and told him what had happened. Went on out to dinner with them like like it was. And and, at, and honestly, it was two different deaths and two different responses and reactions mm-hmm. internally, viscerally. Absolutely. There were two different responses yeah. because we had different relationships with and those I'll siblings. Touch on that for myself, so, yeah. um, but like you, I went on. I, I went out to dinner that night. I, you know, I, I I grieved that death differently, um, because of the, there was a different level of closeness for those two siblings, and that is natural and normal. Also, make sure that people understand that you don't have to grieve every death the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went out to dinner, regardless. When I, but after Jamela's, when I went back to work on that Monday, my kids, because I work at a, a private Christian school, my kids had been praying for her. She was on our prayer list, so I knew those. I knew that those kids would want to know what had happened. Mm. Well, what happened, um, unbeknownst to me, and actually to my horror, one of the teachers had told them. I didn't want her to do that. I should have been the one to tell them. Right. And um, but they respected. They respected, I think, me and the what was happening enough that they never asked me. They knew that something had happened because the teacher had told them. Mm-hmm. But for the whole week, they never said anything to me. They allowed me to just, I just kind of went on. I just kept teaching. I was probably a little vacant, I'm sure. But they just let me keep teaching. They kept learning. They didn't say anything. And on Friday, I said, I need to talk to them. And I talked to them, and we talked talked about. It. I told them that she didn't make it, and we all they all sat and kind of cried with me, and uh, allowed me to have a human moment right there, yeah. and we moved on. Yeah. Mm. That's so interesting. The fact that you you guys both kind of had that that different response um, to both of their passing because I know I did. Yeah. Being the youngest, I did not have. It was 19 years between Eric and I. Yes. So there there was not that relationship of like oh, okay like I did, I really didn't even know him. Right. Because he was very absent for most of my my life, mm-hmm. and so at when he passed, I was just like okay, this is a loss. Um, I don't know how to feel for this loss. I like I'm not like very emotional, but a year and a half later when Jamela passed, now that was a completely different response for me. And because I had been talking to some of my clients who they had experienced something similar, um, my real estate photography clients, I kind of like mentioned to them, "Oh, my sister is going through this and that." So they knew what I was going through during the time. So when it came to it, of course, that was like right around the holidays. So I yes. had time to kind of sit with it before I went back to work. And I, I gave myself time. Yes. Um, I needed the time because I knew like as many times during that whole year and a half, I went up to Georgia on a regular. Yeah. Like every yeah. every couple of months, I was up there. I would 
catch a flight, drive a rental car. Like I would be up there as much as I could because one, I, I felt like she, that was the relationship that we had. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so I was like up there. And so I knew that the connection that when she passed away, I knew like that it would affect you differently. It would affect me differently. And the day, literally the day that she passed, um, when Eric passed, I really didn't even, I don't even know what I was doing. Mm Mm-hmm. It like was at it was at too. night, and mm-hmm. then I probably found out the next morning, or maybe y'all text. I don't even remember. But when Jamela passed, we were I literally was at the house with her. I stopped by that morning, and she was asleep on the couch. And then I left to go do a photo shoot, which I could have scheduled for another day. But I went and did a photo shoot, and it was like something really quick where I knew I would be back within an hour. Mm-hmm. I stopped home first. Instead of coming straight back, I stopped home. And that short period of time where I could have come there first, but I went home, she passed away. And, and I was like, thing to, oh, to, my goodness. Consolation for you, it, that wouldn't have mattered because I, she I never know. woke up from the night before. I want y'all to understand right, that. Right, right. She never woke up from the night before. Remember, she, well, I called the doctor in because she mm-hmm. just wasn't herself mm-hmm. the day before now this is how strong she was she's playing face in and, and, and yes right the Listen. day before yes she wasn't doing well went to the hospital they gave her you know pain meds and kind of sedated her she never woke well, from that okay um so there you being there it wouldn't have i understand what you're saying right because right. i had to go through that same what if i i should have been downstairs right, with her. i right, should have been downstairs right. maybe you know maybe 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 all that kind of stuff because i was upstairs preparing a message because i had to preach that night Mm. Did you still preach that night? I, I twelve thirty. Holy Spirit, was, you know, I, I said, go. Let me go check on her. Got downstairs and twelve thirty in the afternoon. Twelve thirty in the afternoon, mm-hmm. and she wasn't breathing at that point. And that's when I knew, and I started, you know, making calls and things of that nature. No, I didn't. I called. I was going to, mm-hmm. and and my pastor said no. Yeah. Mm. No. But I was out of town because that particular weekend I was out of. That week, I was out of town. And so my point before I left, because you could just feel like it wasn't going to be much longer, make sure all the plans, if if something's going to happen, we need to have the plans. This is my thought process. Mm -hmm. Have the plans in place. I had already made phone calls. So when it happens, this is not going to be a chaotic event. No, right. And that preparation was so important. It's going to be planned out. Yeah. We don't need the extra, and that's just the role that I took. Yeah. So w- when it happened, I got on the phone call, and I got on just the phone. finalized plans. And, and made sure, okay, here, here are mm. the plans. Mm-hmm. It was a blessing in a sense that she came home because I yes. was making plans that if she was still in Atlanta, okay, we got to have, we got to do this, we have to do this, what hospital will she go to? Body has to be shipped back. But she was home. So nope. Y'all just come pick the body up. So you know mm-hmm. what that made me think about when it when it when it comes to death. That I know we were talking about grief, and we talked about the fact that it happens in a lot of different ways. Specifically, we're talking about grief associated with death mm-hmm. because that's the one that most of us associate grief with. Right. right. I noticed that in this grief process, or in the process of of a loss, a pending loss, we still all operated in the roles that we. Yeah. <laughs> Based on our positioning as sisters. Mm-hmm. So it goes back to what we talked about in the first podcast, in the first um, episode, that we all functioned according to our normal roles. As the, as the oldest sister, she's accustomed to kind of taking the helm when it comes to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Jasmine, your position with her, because y'all had a, a separate kind of closeness, 
you were you were handling it from I want to be here so so um, you know amounts of time I want to be able to spend with her. Right. So we all kind of had roles that we played, and even in the the uh, pending loss, our roles were still being maintained. Mm, yeah. Um, and we kind of talked about that. So I just I want to kind of plug some information in case there are people who are experiencing loss and you know, they don't know. Of course, I think what's important for people to know is respect the roles yeah. that people play and not try to make someone else who that's not their role. Well, why aren't you doing more? No, mm-hmm. because that's not the that's role. Not that their role. Right, right. So well, sometimes I think we get maybe get frustrated with during the death process, we may get frustrated with people because you should be doing more. You should be doing more. Why am I taking on all these responsibilities? But at the end of the day, if that's not that person's role, don't force someone to do something or and be something. don't force yourself to be that person. Right, Like, right. Y'all, sometimes you have to step up. So for me, I would say that Jen and I grieved probably the most similarly. And so... I didn't have my, I talked to Jamela every day, twice a day. I didn't visit Georgia as much, but I talked to Jamela every single day, multiple times a day. So when it was hard for me, when you say don't like experiencing that role, I was like, even though I had no idea who to call, none of that. I was so grateful that you did that. But with Eric, I felt like I had more of a role, even though I wasn't as close to him. But with Jamela, I felt like I should have had more of a role and I didn't. So Mm. I was frustrated. So I was frustrated with myself. I was frustrated with you guys. I was like, but why aren't they letting me do more? Mm. So because it was, I think I I felt like you I felt like you all were more because you were close to her, more emotional, emotional. and that you couldn't the and role that, that you played with Eric, you were more it's about business. Let's right, handle this. Right. But when it with when when it came to Jamela, you were more emotional and you know me, I'm like, <laughs> it's about the business. I love my sister, and I'll deal with this in a different so way. So that was but her way. Were. That was her way of actually, as a, as the older oh, sibling, exactly, taking right. care of us by handling it herself. Yeah, and she felt and like she was helping. Yeah, and like, allowing you to be in your exactly. role. Right. And, right. and, and allowing, allowing you to, to and allowing you to, to grieve as well. Exactly. And in a way, she was doing it to allow you to grieve. But I didn't realize that in the moment. In the moment, I was like, but when Eric passed, you allowed me to be more of like you said, but I think you respected that part. Like, okay, she, I can, I can roll with Amanda right now because she's about getting this business done. Mm. Yes. And then when I was being more emotional, you were like, I don't have time for that. You like, and I was I like, don't. but wait a minute, like, you know what I'm saying? This is my. I can sister. do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can do this. <laughs> I'm a big girl. Okay, I'm a big girl. I can handle this. So, it coming full circle now, like I can respect, you know everyone's different positioning. Mm -hmm. I can respect how it all evolved, but allow yourself, and even you now, allowing even someone like me who was a little bit more emotional to still, like, support in whatever way I could support. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you come back and look at it now, there are things that could have been changed, but, or we could have looked at it a little bit different, but when you're going through it, it's like... We're just trying to get through it. I think you're just trying to get through it because the quicker you get through it, the quicker it's over. Absolutely. And that's at least how you feel. That's how you feel. Yeah. That's and how we feel. Not because we want to rush and, and not have to deal with, with with the process, but we don't want to have to deal with the death at all. Exactly. And mm-hmm. I just want I just want to not have to think about death. So right. the quicker we can get this done, I can stop thinking about death because the, while I'm in this process, all I can think about is death. death. And yeah. no one wants to think about that. That's a mm-hmm. part of the pro- that's a part of the denial. I don't want to think about death anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while we're thinking about it, I want to make sure that we leave a resource for everyone. Absolutely. You may be experiencing grief 
grief of any kind, loss of a job, loss of a, a family member, loss of, of a friendship, some kind of pattern has changed, a divorce, anything, and you're experiencing some kind of loss and you're not sure what to do. And you can see that, listen, I'm grieving, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going through some depression, I'm bargaining, I'm angry, I'm in denial, and I need some help. Therapy is one thing that helps some of us, and it mm. may be something that helps you. I know that might not be the answer for some people, but for some, that is something that you might want to explore. And if you do, I, we're going to leave some uh, information in the, uh, what's the box called? The show notes. We're going to leave show. some information in the show notes. Um, you can go to psychologytoday.com and uh, look up some therapists there. Um, I want to specifically leave you with a therapist. Um, her name is Maya Angelostro and Angelostro I may be pronouncing that wrong and I'm so sorry but I will also her name is May Angelostro and you'll be able to get her information also in the show notes um May is m-a-y-e-a-n-g-e-l.com that's m-a-y-e-a-n-g-e-l.com you can look her up on her website begin to look up information about her book some sessions with her equipped to handle the grief process with you and any other uh, life transitions that you may be going through, just someone to talk to. What's important that we want to leave you with is grief doesn't look the same on everybody, but everybody grieves. Absolutely. So everybody at some point or another is going to have to go through these steps. And we just want you to know what it looks like. We want you to know what it is and what it isn't. Mm -hmm. It is not a psychological. When I mean that, let me go back to this one. What was that word that it says? It is not a, um, pathological condition Mm. it is not a personality disorder Mm -hmm. it is normal and natural is a normal and natural emotional reaction to loss or change of any kind Mm -hmm. so if you're experiencing some of these characteristics or stages and steps of grief understand that it is normal and natural is a normal and natural way to react to a loss so be Absolutely. understanding. Yes. And if you can't get help, I know that's someone's slogan out there. If you can't get help here, please get help somewhere. Yes. So mm-hmm. please and know that it is okay to talk to someone. Even though I didn't personally do it, I know that it is very important because I see the benefits because I'm a counselor myself. So please make sure if you don't get help and one of these resources, please look at the resources in the show notes because you can find a, um, someone that uh, you will be able to connect with to get help. Okay. And understand this also. Seeing a therapist doesn't make you faithless. That's right. I need you to you understand weak. that it doesn't yes. make you weak. It doesn't mean that that you that you somehow lack faith in God. I, I mm-hmm. believe in in God. I believe in the saving nature of God. I also believe that He created therapists Amen. Mm-hmm. for my use. Mm-hmm. Okay, I believe in in, in the, I believe in that. Um, so there may be a need for it, and don't allow um, your relationship or or Culture, Any kind of stigma attached yes. to therapy stop you from getting the help that you need. Right. Absolutely. I hope this has been helpful. I hope that you have learned a little bit about what the grief process looks like, what it does not look like, what it is, what it is not. And we want to make sure that you kind of uh, gather that it doesn't look the same on everybody. Um, I want to leave you with this also. Uh, be gracious with yourself. Yeah. Mm. As you're going through space. that, yeah. be gracious. We, we're gracious with everyone else. When people are grieving, we're gracious. We we kind of we learn how to touch them with kid gloves. We learn how to be easy with them, right? Mm-hmm. But when we're in the middle of a grief process, we're hard on ourselves. Why am I grieving? Be easy with yes. yourself. Be yes. gracious Definitely. with yourself. Apply a little more grace to you, yes. the same way you would apply grace to someone else. Absolutely. And allow yourself time to heal and process. 
Absolutely. We are proof that it's sometimes better on the other side of it. Right. Yes. If you allow time. yourself to go through the process, it is better on the other side of it. Absolutely. Can I get an amen? It is better on the Can other side of it. Amen. 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 Mm-hmm. amen.